0: It's not only that, let's say, you go out for dinner together, or you walk the dog together, or um, you visit the children and the grandchildren together, but you also lose, unfortunately for many people, the extended network of friends that you have. Um, Though many people are very uh, gratuitous and will say, oh, come out to dinner with us or um, you know, join us for this activity or whatever. Unfortunately, in our society, we are a couple society. And so if you are no longer part of a couple, often you're left out.
1: We've long known that happily married couples live longer than other segments of the population but new research shows that that gap is actually growing dr karen sherman joins us today to explain why stay tuned i'm going to keep this short first thank you for listening if you're a regular listener i would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a review on whatever platform you listen to us on this will help others discover us Also, if you like the podcast, I highly recommend visiting our website, hitchedmag.com, which is updated daily with new content and where you will find thousands of articles available anytime. Lastly, I understand that not everything we talk about applies to everyone. However... I am confident that if you go to hitchmag.com and subscribe to our free weekly newsletter, that you will find at least one and probably more pieces of information each week that will help your marriage thrive. I hope you enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the lovely, the brilliant, the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. Hello. Uh, So, Karen, uh, for those tuning in for the first time or just need a quick refresher, is a practicing psychologist and relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is the also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get that info at her website, drkarensherman.com, as well as our website, hitchmag.com. Um, okay, so i came across another study karen um as i like to do you always yes you always find studies (laughs) (laughs) um it's i mean it's kind of amazing how how researched uh marriage and relationships are which is i I think is great but um it gives us something to talk about uh Mm -hmm. so anywho um this new study uh said basically what we know, which is that married people live longer. Um, But I think the interesting thing is that the longevity gap for marrieds is growing. So um, this was done by the National Center for Health Statistics, which is part of the uh, Center for Disease Control, um, the CDC. Uh, And they recently looked at data between 2010 and 2017 and found that... Uh, not only are married people living longer than the other arrangements, um, something that we've talked about a ton on this podcast, I feel like, um, but that the gap is growing, like I just said so I because we've talked about this so much, I honestly don't find this little bit of information that interesting um it's great, mm-hmm. but not super interesting um, but what I find more interesting is and and what I would really like to discuss today is why um. Mm-hmm in this study, the researchers found that widowed people did the worst, um, even more so than divorced or those who were never married. Um, one big reason why they think this longevity gap and, and married couples live longer, which is something that we've talked about you know, briefly in the past, is the social support you get when you're within a marriage. Um, and that's really what I, where I'd like to focus today. So, when you look at financial stability, access to health care, et cetera, in terms of factors that promote longer living, where do you rank uh, this social support?
0: Way up there. I don't know how I would really give it a number with the other pieces that you just mentioned, financial stability, access to health care, but there is so much research also on the significance of having social support. Um, As a matter of fact, I think I've mentioned on our podcast that I am the head of the social committee in the community that I live in. And one of the things that I keep uh, stressing as I'm doing a million activities and trying to encourage the people in the community to do activities is that it's not just about having fun. It's really for their psychological health and well-being. Um, it is very, very important to have social support in order to have both psychological and health benefits. Mm-hmm. So I'd rank it high.
1: Yeah, okay. Uh and, and I think, you know, I think this research kind of bears that out a bit. Um so when thinking about the results of this study, it, it was making sense to me that if you're never married or even divorced, uh your social circle would or could remain pretty strong mm-hmm. as the years go on. So if you're never married, like you your group of people around you hasn't changed. And if you're divorced, one of the things a lot of people uh, who are divorced do is they then go back out into the market. So there's Mm -hmm. that social, um, circle again. Um, however, when you become a widow, not only have you lost the partner who was likely at the center of your social circle, but you lose all the joint activities that you engaged Mm -hmm. in together. Um, Mm -hmm. does, does that, does my understanding or reading of this sound right to you?
0: Yes, it does. And the only thing I would comment on is you you phrase it as that you lose the joint activities that you're engaged in together. And I want to expand on that a little bit. It's not only that, let's say, you go out for dinner together or you walk the dog together or um, you visit the children and the grandchildren together, but you also lose... Unfortunately, for many people, the extended network of friends that you have, um, though many people are very uh, gratuitous and will say, Oh, come out to dinner with us or, um, you know, join us for this activity or whatever. Unfortunately, in our society, we are a couple society. And so if you are no longer part of a couple, often you're left out. And so you lose your social support. It's not just doing the activities with your spouse, but it's losing the extended network of friends that you had.
1: Yeah. And and actually, uh, f- further on that point, um, I know that I have engaged in a lot of social activities, as I'm sure every person in a relationship has, married or not, um, where it was my wife's, Jess's social network of people that mm-hmm. we are engaged with. And if she wasn't there, um, mm-hmm. th- that not just that they wouldn't invite me, but like there would be no, not much of a reason for me to engage in that any longer. So, um, not that they're not or friends at the or very that, least, yeah.
0: yeah. At the very least, it's not going to feel the same, right? You know, so you might choose to not get as involved as you had been before,
1: right right so right. yeah
0: yeah exactly so all all around you're losing all kinds of social support and comfort that you had previously
1: yeah and even you know what as like as we talk about this a little bit more i'm even thinking about just driving to certain engagements you know just meeting up with friends or family like you have that car buddy that carpool pal that's Mm -hmm. going and commuting with you and stuff like that so you lose that as well like there's just so Mm -hmm. many things that um, I feel like it's easy to take for granted when we have it and then it would be yeah I could understand why it would be so isolating when it's gone So, um, so okay so there is an ongoing conversation about how uh, and this is me kind of bringing this up, about how the internet has made us more isolated. Um, and mm-hmm. and I would also do a counter-argument to that, which um, there are more factors that contribute to um, the internet isolating us, but I do acknowledge that it is a big factor. Um, but I also know that... Uh, many people have found their communities and even spouses through the internet. So, uh, do you think people can find their social support online and will it have the same benefits of in-person support?
0: Tough one. Uh, I do think there are benefits and yes, obviously a lot of people, if they go back out into the dating world, have found their new mate through online online sites. So there is a benefit there. And yes, you can certainly join communities. Um, the problem is that you can't give a hug through the internet. You know, I do a lot of my work virtually. Um, there are, for various reasons, people prefer to Skype mm. or FaceTime. And what I always tell them is, we now know that it's effective, it does work, but I can't hand them a tissue through the computer. And there's something about not being able to have that even momentary connection that probably feels much better if somebody's actually sitting in my office. Mm -hmm. And I would suggest that the same thing is true with these communities online. So you're typing and you're getting answers and everything. And I don't want to take away from their benefits and that they do serve a purpose, but I don't think it's probably quite the same Mm -hmm. as having somebody in person um, that you can go to lunch to. Now, I also want to say that my best friend, may she rest in peace, lived in Texas, and I lived in New York. So clearly, we couldn't get together very often. Mm -hmm. We were on the phone with each other every day, if not a couple of times during the day. And there was no better support than what we gave to one another. Mm -hmm. Um, So again, I don't want to knock it. um, But I do think as a general statement, in-person support is better. Um, the other piece that I will add is that many times through the internet we can find communities where we can then get involved in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, the quickest thing that comes to my mind is the meetup groups. So you might not be able to go looking for them, but if online you look you search for meetup groups that have common interests as you do or hiking groups, you know, as another example, you might be able to then find those groups where if you went out your door, you're not going to find them necessarily.
1: Right. Right.
0: You know, and the internet can help you do that.
1: Yeah. I, um, it's interesting. Like, I'm really glad that you brought up, uh, the physical interaction of touch because we, mm-hmm. we know that when, when you do touch that your body releases a bunch of chemicals and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we also know that, um, staring, you know, looking at somebody in the eyes has mm-hmm. ne- neurological responses and things. And right. It's interesting because I feel like as um, the fidelity of our screens continues to get better, like I, mm-hmm. you know, I haven't seen any study on this, but I would guess that we can trick the brain into having that kind of a response. Um, I know that Virtual reality. Um, A lot of people call it the empathy machine because Mm -hmm. it can trick the brain into thinking a variety of things are actually happening, happening even though Mm -hmm. we know we're in this virtual world. But with that being said, you know the fidelity and being able to look at somebody and having that kind of bond, the touch—that's the one that's missing. Yeah, and that's the one that um, I. You know, we're far off from being able to get there. Um, mm-hmm. So that will be an, an interesting one uh, to figure out. But I I love the um, that you brought up the meetup groups um, because I know um, we, like, through... So I'll just back up. So my wife and I just got back from Germany uh, where we were working with her company doing some stuff. And we had uh, so many people come up to us. Um, who only know her uh, and her company through the internet. And they only mm. know of her because they listen to her on her podcast that she does. Um and it, it was amazing because it was this like ready to go built in community of people. And because mm-hmm. they've listened to her for so long, they feel like they know her. And it was like immediately jumping into like the middle of a conversation over and over and over again. Mm. And it was really great. It was it was amazing. Um, so, I do know for a fact that communities can be built that way, and when there is an opportunity to meet up in person um like I feel like you have a have a head start it's really it's really amazing yeah, yeah. absolutely, you know
0: that being said, I remember that. Uh, I think we've discussed this before, but the very first course that was given virtually on positive psychology by Martin Seligman was done <laughs> online and then because there were so many of us that signed up for it, we broke up into smaller groups and then we would each meet with you know, our smaller group, again, on the phone, mm-hmm. uh, week after week and would discuss the homework assignments. From that, uh, there were three or four of us that just continued to talk um, because we just liked what, what we learned about each other in this study group. That went on for years (laughs) where we really became very close friends. And then it was really funny because uh, there was another conference that we all wanted to go to, and we met for the first time in person at this conference. And it was just so funny because we knew so much about each other, but had not actually met. Uh And I still remember that one of the gals looked at me and she said, Karen, you're so short. I said, (laughs) Well, you're so tall, you know, (laughs) but, you know, again, I don't want to say that there isn't something that isn't to be gained, significant things to be gained vis-a-vis these um, uh, non-in-person technologies that we
1: have now. Mm
0: -hmm. I I do think that they absolutely can play a role.
1: Yeah. Um, Okay, so... Hopefully, those who are listening will have healthy lives for a very long time. Um, but with that said, what can couples do now to preemptively prepare for a time when either of them becomes a widow and they want to buck these statistics?
0: I think the best thing that one can do or that two can do is not to be joined at the hip. Mm. Uh, To make sure that you also have your individual interests and activities, to get involved in activities where there are communities, whether it be, um, you know, a religious group, you know, your, your church or your temple, whether it be book clubs um biking clubs you know whatever but where you already start to establish some kind of activities so that that is in place already for you should you then find yourself in the situation where now you are a widow you already have that group there for yourself to go to
1: mhm that's great yeah that was um my that was my thought as well <laughs> to have those groups. Um, and I know for me, like, I, ha- I mean, I have my group of friends and stuff, but like, honestly, and, and it sounds frivolous, but like fantasy sports, that's one group that I have on my own that yeah. just je- definitely is not involved in. Um, but we meet up all the time. And, uh, so yeah, so Um, I think that's a great recommendation.
0: Yeah. I was having uh, lunch with a friend of mine the other day who is a widow, and um, she became a widow while she was living in her private home. And she chose to move up to our community. She was here many years before I uh, was, but in part because she knew that she needed to be surrounded, Mm -hmm. um, or to put herself into a community where there would be, you know, lots of other people and she could meet people and they could mingle and all. So, you know, I think that that's probably, um, a good thing to think about also, especially as you're getting older, um, because again, Number one, obviously, your chances of being widowed are greater as you get older. And, um, you know, we know that not only is social support important, but it is even more important as you get older. Mm -hmm. I was, so, uh, yeah. It's hard. I just want to, I'm sorry, I, I had another thought. Yeah. It's very hard to move, it's very stressful to move. It's difficult to leave your surroundings and what's familiar. But if you consider the benefit that you will get um, by joining in a community, um I think that you have to seriously consider that.
1: It, you know the the moving stuff, it's interesting because I feel like. Like I, first off, I can't imagine <laughs> what my wife, my my life would be like without my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would also imagine that nothing would feel right if I stayed static, because mm-hmm. so like we have so many, so many in, uh, interactions throughout the day have become habitual and mm-hmm. predictable because of our relationship and if that wasn't there i just don't know how it would feel um so mm-hmm. while you talk about like the upheaval of moving i i can't like i would imagine that staying there would maybe not feel like an upheaval but it would feel more depressive because you you Like Mm. it it just, it just, nothing feels right. Whereas if you move to a community that like you're talking about, um, while it would be uncomfortable, it would also have a freshness and a newness and a variety Mm -hmm. that you just wouldn't experience if you didn't make that jump. Right. Right. Um, one last thing that I wanted to bring up was one we talked about this in a previous podcast. I don't remember which one off the top of my head, but um, it was talking about activities that couples can engage in um, that helped them. Well, that showed that they, these couples lived longer and it was couples who um, participated in tennis. Um, I don't know if you remember Mm. that one. Um, And one of the big reasons why tennis was because of the social, aspect of the game where you have to play against other people and it's typically at least when they were studying it it was like couples against couples and so it was the built-in network social network of people Mm -hmm. that you Mm -hmm. had as opposed to like just going to a park and shooting hoops or you know hitting free throws or even golfing for that Mm -hmm. matter Mm -hmm. where it can be a relatively isolated engagement whereas like tennis it's there's a lot of camaraderie built into it and a lot of networking Mm -hmm. that goes into it so um i was just gonna throw that out there as like an activity that you can look into now um where you have a a bigger social network built in Um, right right so with with all that being uh tossed out there was there anything else that you wanted to add um no
0: just you know Um, that it's important and and don't ignore it. That's all. Um, you know, and I think for men, it probably is, uh, we know that men need to have, um, somebody to be around, uh, that they really suffer when, uh, they're widowed. So, um, it's, it's something that you really can't ignore.
1: Yeah, that's great. Um, I think that's what sage advice. Um, okay, well, that will uh, that will do it for us then. We will wrap this up. So, thank you so much, Karen. Okay, thank you. And with that, we are going to wrap this one up. So before you go, I do want to remind you that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Karen, as I mentioned at the top, is the author of Mindfulness in the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. And she is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this and more information at her website, drkarensherman.com. And of course, you can find this information at our website, pitchedmag.com, along with the entire archive of the podcast, uh, where we have, geez, four or 500 episodes now. Um, We have thousands of articles. uh, We have a newsletter and and more. So uh, if this was interesting to you um, and helpful, uh, please feel free to uh rate us on uh, whatever podcast player you listen to that helps others discover us in the future so we really appreciate that and with that we're gonna call this one a show so thank you so much and until next time take care everybody